Welcome to the Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries Podcast, brought to you by Interactive Legal. Here's your host, Mary Vandenack. Welcome to today's episode of Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries, a weekly podcast discussing updated legal news, evolving methods of providing legal service, and law practice issues. My name is Mary Vandenack, founder and managing partner at Vandenack Weaver LLC. I'll be your host as we talk to experts from around the country about closely held business, tax, trusts and estates, legal technology, law firm leadership, and well-being. Before we start today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor. Here's a message from Interactive Legal. There's always a resistance to change, particularly with attorneys. Attorneys like to look back at what's worked in the past, and that makes a lot of sense. But when you realize that with a good automated drafting system, you can do a better job for your clients, deliver documents on a more timely fashion, in a more consistent and in a more costly manner. If you're not a subscriber to Interactive Legal, I urge you to go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo. And you'll be contacted about having a demonstration of Interactive Legal for you, which can be done right over the Internet. Don't have to leave your office. No salesperson will call. We can arrange it at a time inconvenient for you. So please go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo. On today's episode, I have Nikki Kendall as my guest. She's returning. We've done a previous podcast on virtual wellness. And today we're going to talk about personalized nutrition. So Nikki, for those who didn't hear the previous podcast, is a naturopathic doctor who is a professor at Midland University and a coach for nutrition, health, and wellness. Welcome back, Nikki. Thank you for having me. And I asked you on the previous podcast, but I just, for those who didn't hear it, want to ask you again to just clarify what the naturopathic doctor does and how that's different from, say, an MD. So the naturopath essentially... The short story is we're natural health doctors. So we focus on your nutrition, your supplementation, herbal medicine to help manage chronic illnesses, long-term illnesses. And so can you talk generally about the effect of nutrition on wellness? Part of the reason I wanted you to come on this podcast is you've been very influential with me on that topic. So does what I eat really matter? Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of people get stuck with the idea that, you know, your nutrition is no more than carbs, fats, and proteins, and that impacts how we look in a bikini. But the truth is when we eat something, that food breaks down into its chemical constituents. So that affects us on every single level, at a cellular level. It's how we build muscle, but it's also how we build bone. It's how our hormones activate. It's how our enzymes work that are, you know, our catalysts for all sorts of other processes in the body. So it's not just about carbs, fats, and proteins and how I look in, you know, this summer. It really is on what chemicals I'm putting into my body that's going to benefit how my chemical and electrical processes of my body operate. And I know that when I'm out having a conversation and you bring up diet, diet is like, it's such a subject that elicits so much emotion and conversation. And from a couple different perspectives, there are those who I want the right diet, so I look great in a bikini. But there's also a lot of us like myself who have autoimmune conditions and are trying to figure out, like I'm aware that diet really affects autoimmune. If I start eating a lot of gluten, my body doesn't absorb iron, things like that. 
So, but I also understand it's not the same for everybody. So how do you know which diet you should use? Well, the success of your diet really relies on your body, your mind, your attitude. You know, there was a study that was published in the um, International Journal of Epidemiology. The researchers found that those who received a truly personalized nutrition plan dependent on their body fat percentage, different blood markers, were actually made the most improvements. So when taking a deeper dive into your own body and customizing plans from there, you get significantly better results than just being told, eat less salt. You know, don't eat red meat. You know, if we can really look at what's going on at your chemical constituents within yourself, we can modify what chemicals you you are actually controlling and putting into yourself too to help promote the best outcomes. And so in working with you personally, one of my favorite stories that I share is I went out to visit a friend of mine who still fits into her high school clothes despite being in her late 50s, right? And uh, so I was watching what she did and she would eat these two keto things for lunch. They were like peanut butter cups, right? I'm going, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just start eating the keto peanut butter cups for lunch every day. And I was so proud when I saw you to show you, look, this is what I'm going to do for lunch instead of that great nutrition plan that you worked up for me. And you picked them up and looked at it and said, oh, Mary, do you realize that one of these is half of the saturated fats that you can eat in a day. And so if you have two of these for lunch, that is all of the saturated fats that you can have for the day. And so whatever and why that works for your friend, I don't know. But so that's one of the things that you kind of got for me is that, oh, okay, this might work for my girlfriend, but it might not work for me. Exactly right. You know, um, when you're looking at a plan that's going to work best for you, you have to consider the impacts of your life as well, too. You know, you versus your girlfriend that still fits into her high school clothes. One, we need to consider, first of all, did she ever have kids? <laughs> you know, let, let's be honest that because, you know, even for me, I'm within 10 pounds of this weight that I graduated high school at. I don't, I am not even near the same shape, though. So yeah, my weight is close to that, but I, I couldn't fit into my high school jeans. You know, I, I had two babies, you know, so that really impacts. And also, you know, looking at your lifestyle, you were traveling, you know, you were, you're not only responsible for your paycheck, but you're responsible for everybody who works under you, their paycheck as well too. And so the pressure and the stress on that, you know, that you have is going to be different from what I have, you know, so it's really important to recognize that lifestyle and, you know, stressors and things like that can really impact what our body needs needs as far as our diet goes. So what about the fad diets? I have a lot of friends doing the keto diet or the whole 30 diet. What about those? Well, you know, let's start with keto. So the keto diet is essentially a very low carb diet, very high fat diet. That's it's really similar to Atkins, you know, or any other low carb diet. The thing is you are supposed so I to eat those keto cup things. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend those necessarily. But if especially I were doing for the keto two. diet, I might, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's interesting about that is even with the keto diet, you know, if you're truly following the keto diet, you're supposed to avoid soda, avoid sugars, avoid refined carbs, you know, limit alcohol, no processed foods. But then when you start looking at the whole 30 diet, you basically eat foods that are simple or a recognizable list of ingredients or no ingredients at all because they're actually whole foods. You know, in this plan, you should also avoid sugars, avoid soda, avoid refined carbs, alcohol or processed foods. And the same goes for the paleo diet. So yes, the keto diet versus the paleo diet versus the whole 30, they're all considered different diet plans, but they all have the same foundation. 
So you talk again about the personalization issue. So what happens is here's the keto diet. This is what, and that might work for somebody, whether or not we, you know, it's, it's appropriate diet generally. And the whole 30, I've had people go do that and drop a whole lot of weight in, um, you know, short order type of thing. But it comes back when you talked about the biomarkers, mindset, attitudes, and goals. Can you enlarge on that a little bit and maybe take it and say, okay, um, this is how, like, how does somebody really figure out that diet? What's going to work for them? How, How do you know? Well, you know, would one fad diet work better than the other? Yes, but it's going to really depend on your body. It's also going to ter- determine like your various blood markers, your biomarkers. Like what is your thyroid doing? You know, where are your estrogen levels or your testosterone levels? Um, where's your mindset? You know, are you ready to take on, you know, really focusing on your diet and nutrition? Do you have the mental space for that at this time? You know, all of those things can really impact which you know, diet, if you will, will work best for you. Um, And there's, you know, if you have issues with your gallbladder or you have high cholesterol, you know, maybe the keto isn't the way to go, you know, so it it really depends on what you have going on internally that's going to determine where you need to be externally with your food. So, and I was speaking with a psychiatrist recently who was mentioning, you know, the effects of the pandemic and and her theory in terms of what she sees, and I have no idea, this is just her practice, right? So it's not a generalization, but that there's been, like she's seen a lot more, historically she would see more depression than anxiety, and with the pandemic it's been more anxiety than depression. And that um, with a lot of that comes dietary issue, but going to your point where you said, are you really mentally to, ready to take this on, is let's just say that you're struggling with some really significant anxiety and I have this reference now is that, you know, you think we're going to get through the pandemic, which isn't, you know, over yet, right? But we think we're going to be at the end of it at some point here. And um, even post-pandemic, even post-vaccination maybe is a better way because the pandemic's still kind of a, a challenge. But let's say you've got a vaccination, you're a little more relaxed about things. But I'm seeing what I call like the post-tri- the post pandemic stress syndrome. Mm-hmm. And that's, I just made that up. But <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. Because at my office, we're referring a lot of people to get assistance, right? And so the question is, under a lot of stress, it's probably not the time to do the keto diet. But what can you do to kind of like, at least try not to, it's probably not the time to lose weight. But maybe you don't want to gain weight. Can you But at the same time, you just want to prioritize, you know, um, we don't want to negate all the positive things that we're doing with food and alcohol. You know, if we are getting, you know, getting back to work, you know, our stress levels are really high. We don't want to be adding food and chemicals into our body. They're going to negatively impact that and keep us going down a path of anxiety and stress and depression. We can make simple, easy, positive changes that will make our body feel better from the inside out. And that's where it needs to start. We have to start changing from the inside out. Out. So if we can put healthy things into our body and make them habitual without having to be super cognizant of it, you know, thinking like I have to eat only 50 grams of carbs today. Well, okay, maybe we don't think about that. Maybe we just think about, you know, maybe I should drink more water. You know, so it, is, it doesn't have to be so on the forefront of your mind, like micromanaging your macros. But if we can make small, simple, easy changes, like drinking more water, let's not have a soda with lunch. Little easy things like that can have a positive effect and typically snowball as well too. Because if you wake up and you make one positive choice, 
You know, like today I'm going to have black coffee. I'm not going to put Bailey's in my coffee today. You know, if we can do something that simple, that's going to spiral into, you know, maybe I'm going to take the stairs today. So instead of saying, I'm going to like do this completely and absolutely right. I'm going to eat 1200 calories today and I'm going to walk 10 miles. I'm going to get up and say, I'm going to drink eight glasses of water. Absolutely. You know, and just keep have it simple. that one goal. You know, that whole keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> that truly is, you know, and I think that's where people lose their way is they get so hyper focused and they get so restrictive that it's overwhelming and then they completely fall off the bandwagon and go the opposite direction. So it doesn't have to be this all or nothing attitude. It needs to be just making positive choices, small changes, and slowly working your way so that it becomes a habit. So then you're not thinking about it. We are going to take a brief break from our episode for a word from one of our sponsors, Carson Private Client. Wealth planning focuses on liquidity management and charges you a fee based on a percentage of your assets. But entrepreneurs typically invest in their business, resulting in light liquidity. That requires a unique strategy. At Carson Private Client, we provide a proactive and holistic strategy for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to alleviate the stresses and the burdens of coordinating all of those financial strategies. Carson Private Client will work with your current team of advisors to customize a strategy that manages all aspects of your life and wealth, giving you back the time to focus on what matters most. Complex needs require sophisticated solutions. Reach out to our office at 402-779-8989 to schedule your consultation. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Okay, let's continue our episode. So are there some basic guidelines that you would suggest that do work for most people? I Yeah, absolutely. And if you really think about it, like it's kind of everything that we discussed with all the fad diets. You know, every fad diet that we talked about, all of them want you to avoid sugar, avoid soda, limit your alcohol, avoid those processed foods and refined carbs. All of those diets recommend that. So that's kind of a universal Simple, easy guideline. And there are websites and apps that help. What are, how do those help? Well, what's really nice is that first, it's, it's an app. We're all addicted to our phone. So all of those things are directly at your fingertips. Now, the company that I work for is Well Choices, and we do virtual coaching through a specific app. And that app, we can provide personalized, customized meal plans for our clients. We as coaches build a relationship with our clients that allows for authentic communication, commitment, as well as success. So we kind of help guide our clients through setting goals, making action plans. We provide health education. We talk about making small habit changes. And, you know, we make positive reinforcements for long-term change. The goal is really to help our clients reinforce motivators for success, to overcome obstacles, identify those stressors and enjoy the good things in life. You know, it's important not only to coach on, you know, eating, but it's important to talk about the difference between being active and exercising. We want to talk about not only what we eat, but what we drink. How, how are we sleeping? How are we handling our stress? Are we motivated? Are we making good positive habits? And kind of looking at those triggers or things that might set, up us, set us off course and learning how to adapt and to overcome. And what's nice is that 
we only have our specific caseload. So if you look at other apps, you know, if you pop a, you know, a question into an app, it could be any of 50 different coaches who's going to, you know, answer that. Well, that's not kind of what we do. So with our app, it's very personalized. So I am your coach. You are my client. We are going to develop a relationship. That way I can really get into what's going on into your life, into your habits, and what are specific triggers for you specifically so that you can be successful. And so generally, I know that like, oh, okay, a sleepless night, you're going to be way more susceptible to eating sugar and putting things in your body that you might not, or if you've had too much to drink or any of those things. But what about some of the other things like, say, the person on the go who just has so much on their plate, what can they do? What are some things that he or she can do to avoid having sudden hunger attacks where you're ready to eat the table and so you walk through the break room and you you eat two bags of potato chips and five chocolate chip cookies and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Yeah. So always planning ahead is going to be great. So having, you know, healthy snacks on hand, you know, if you need to stock your desk drawer with some almonds, do that, you know, so making sure that you have kind of planned ahead, but keeping it as simple as possible too. So, you know, if you do have some time taking that time to plan out your meals, getting them prepared for the week, you know, packaging them in grab a go containers, keeping those healthy snacks on hand, having a water bottle, you know, making sure you have your own personal water bottle that you are going to drink out of, you know, that makes things a ton easier you know and if you are one of those individuals who are on the go or constantly going to events you know you could consider eating a salad before you go to one of those big events that's going to have all the alcohol and the yummy appetizers and those kind of things that way one you at least know you got a serving of vegetables in and you're not walking in starving and ravenous because when you are starving and ravenous you are going to mindlessly eat and you're not even going to realize how much you eat until it's way too late so you know you want to even, you know, drink less so you avoid how quickly you eat. Um, realize- so I'm going to ask you one other question. So like, cause I'm gonna, cause the on the, there's the on the go mm-hmm. and then there's a the traveling person. And so when you're traveling, a lot of times what I learned is that, you know, that's where a lot of people say, oh, I'm traveling a lot, which a little different from I'm thinking on the go, hey, I'm around town. But then now I'm getting on a plane and I'm traveling across the country, going to the events. So mm-hmm. I should eat a salad and uh, drink a little less so I don't start you know, taking everything off the little bar of appetizers, which are usually fried and covered in processed <laughs> stuff and things like that. But um, what about the tricks for the traveler? Yeah. So again, packing healthy snacks. You know, you can't, not like you can bring a whole bag of produce on a plane. You know, most people won't let you through security with that. But if you have nuts or almonds and, you know, trail mix, something that's going to be healthy, give you a pop of protein, give you a pop of fat, that'll actually get you through typically to where you're going. Um, You know, even when you talk about airplane snacks, most of them are giving you unsalted peanuts. You know, so that's going to be, it's good protein. It's it's good heart healthy fats, that kind of thing. So you can really pack snacks to travel with. And then when you get there, you know, try to stay near a grocery store if you can't, or even like a little grab and go mart where you can actually go in and grab a healthier sandwich option versus, you know, getting the fish and chips down the road, you know, that kind of thing. So it's important to, to realize that every restaurant, even that when you travel, most people are always eating in restaurants. And I encourage people to actually read an entire menu. You know, a lot of people have their standards and their staples that they always go to, not realizing that there are really typically healthy options on almost every single menu. So what would be a couple of those options? Because what I understand about the restaurants is that they're always adding more salt and using a lot more butter than you realize. And some of them provide you the nutritional information. I was recently in Savannah, Georgia, and I ordered a 
you know, a salad that with chicken on top of it. And it actually didn't even occur to me that it would be fried chicken. I'm in the South. I should have thought of that. Right. (laughs) But so I get this salad with all this fried chicken and I'm like, oh, I'm picking the chicken off of it and there's still grease on my salad. But so what are some of the good, healthy choices? And then where is potentially the things that sound healthy that maybe you should avoid because it might be cooked in too much butter or other things that are adding fat? Yeah. So ultimately the word sauteed is kind of one of your your key things on there. Like everybody thinks, oh, it's just nice and lightly sautéed. Typically in a restaurant, it's not lightly sautéed. It's usually kind of put in the butters and the oils and things like that. In general, avoiding fried foods is always going to be your best bet. Um, Taking something that is baked versus sautéed or fried, you know, baked and grilled are typically pretty decent options. And then always making sure that your plate has vegetables on it. You know, if if you're thinking about getting a loaded baked potato, yeah, the potato's a vegetable and a potato would be fine. It's all the stuff that we put on top of it. So when you're looking at your plate or looking through a menu, you want to make sure that every one of those sides that you're getting is truly a vegetable. So you've shared like most people have issues with some type of cravings and it's different for everyone, right? But there's like sweet cravings and salt cravings are really common. And you've shared a lot of great tips with me in terms of dealing with those cravings. Can you provide a couple of those examples? Yeah, for the salt cravings, typically individuals who have that have usually higher cortisol levels. So it's a stress response. So with the stress response, you want something salty, but more so you want crunchy as well too, because it's kind of that aggressive move with your jaw. You know, you're kind of working out some anger really. But if you're thinking about like salt cravings, you know, instead of jumping into or diving into a bag of chips, why not try cucumbers and salt? Or, you know, some tomatoes from your garden. Um, popcorn is also going to be a crunchy, saltier option that's not going to have a huge calorie pop or a ton of fat in it. Um, for those sweet cravings, fruit is naturally sweet. Most nut butters are going to be naturally sweet, too. So one of my favorite sweet cravings is I'll do apple slices with a blob of peanut butter and a little bit of local honey. Oh. It's delicious. And, you know, I get the fiber from the fruit. You know, it's not going to have as big a a calorie impact. Yes, you're going to have sugars, you know, with the honey and the peanut butter and the apple itself, but they're very natural sugars. You know, so it's going to, if we can avoid all the refined and the ultra processed stuff and get it just towards more natural foods, that's going to help a ton. So what are some strategies? One of the places that gets to us all is the workplace. Everybody brings in, and actually in our place, we have a please don't bring your leftovers to work (laughs) because we don't want to eat them, right? But yesterday somebody brought in, for example, chips with a dip that was cream-based with corn in it. I looked at it and go, oh, carbs, carbs, fat. I should eat a whole lot of that. (laughs) But I was really hungry at the time, so I found myself putting it on the plate. How do you keep yourself from doing that when other people kindly bring in really unhealthy foods? Do you have any ideas to help? Avoid the break room? Yeah, you could kindly bring your own healthy foods in as well. You know, if you're the one who's bringing in the veggie tray and setting it down next to the person who brought in the donuts, everybody's going to probably, you know, if they're being watched, want to go to the healthier foods. You know, so avoiding that you can avoid the break room, but ultimately bring your own stuff. You know, bring the healthy foods. Share that. You know, that's a really good way to naturally bring wellness into the workplace. So... Any last thoughts, any particular tips you could give, one or two, three, a couple yeah. things that just would really help our listeners in terms of 
strategies for personalized nutrition? You know, I do think it's difficult to get people to understand the level of really commitment, but more so the amount of patience and self-discipline that it really is going to take to make long-lasting health improvements. We're living in a society now where we want an immediate response. We want that pill to fix it immediately. So we are a very impatient people, just by, by nature and by our lifestyles. So just realizing that not only does it take patience to see results, but it takes patience and kindness with yourself to be able to get over those hurdles. I think that patience and kindness with ourself is important in so many ways. Well, thank you for joining me today, Nikki. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode and stay tuned for our weekly releases. A Huda Media Production.